How vulnerable are water systems to hackers? That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. After a water utility was hacked earlier this month in the small city of Oldsmar, Florida, questions have been raised about the vulnerability of the other 150,000 public water systems in the U.S. On February 5th, an engineer at the treatment plant noticed that the cursor on his computer was moving on its own. Then he detected that there was an attempt to increase the amount of lye in the system to a dangerous level, which he was able to stop immediately. The breach was made through software that was on computers, even though it wasn't being used. Personnel used the same password, and the utility connected directly to the Internet without any type of firewall. The Associated Press reports that, according to cybersecurity experts, the attack was so blatant that it seemed ham-handed. Chris Krebs, a former official in the Department of Homeland Security, told Congress the hack could have been the work of a disgruntled employee. Krebs said that, unfortunately, the vulnerability of water treatment facilities from bad actors is the rule rather than the exception. Water utilities are underfunded and have lower security requirements than electrical utilities and nuclear power plants, making them a soft target for cyber attacks. Last week, a glacier burst, triggering a deadly flash flood in the Indian Himalayas. 38 people died and 166 are still missing after a barrage of water and debris hurtled down a valley with terrifying speed and force, obliterating roads and bridges and smashing through two hydroelectric projects. Glaciers become unstable as the ice melts. Large lakes conform, and when parts of a glacier break away, they unleash the water trapped behind, Leading to floods. In addition to higher temperatures causing the glacier to shrink, there are suspicions that construction of hydropower projects in the seismically active area may have contributed to the disaster. In other parts of the world, global warming is not only shrinking glaciers, but also habitats. Many small mammals in Colorado's Rocky Mountains are migrating to higher elevations to avoid warmer temperatures brought on by climate change. Researchers led by the University of Colorado at Boulder looked at nearly 50 animals, including the iconic ground squirrel with a striped back and pudgy cheeks often mistaken for a chipmunk. The scientists found that critters are living in areas more than 400 feet higher than they were in the 1980s. Colorado has warmed by nearly three and a half degrees Fahrenheit in the last 40 years, and many scientists have predicted that pine forests and other mountain ecosystems will move higher to find cooler weather. Some animals and even entire communities may be pushed to the tops of mountains with nowhere else to go. Next to the blue whale, the fin whale is the second largest mammal in the world and possibly one of the loudest. Their vocalizations can be heard as far as 600 miles away, and that could help scientists not only monitor their behavior, but the earth itself. According to new research from Oregon State University, the songs of fin whales can be used to map the earth's crust beneath the ocean, providing an alternative to air guns that disturb and distress marine wildlife. The scientists were studying earthquakes off the Oregon coast when they noticed unusual signals on their seismometers, signals which turned out to match the frequencies of fin whale songs. When fin whales vocalize, the sound bounces between the ocean's surface and the bottom, where it penetrates layers of the Earth's crust as seismic waves and can be picked up by instruments positioned on the seafloor. Using a series of songs recorded by the 
the seismometers, the researchers were able to pinpoint the whale's location and use their vocalizations to map the thickness of sediment and rock at the bottom of the ocean. While they say that data from the whales are not quite as useful as air guns, the method could provide an environmentally sound way to learn more about our oceans. There's another reason to wear a mask during the pandemic. Research just out from the National Institutes of Health found that wearing one increases the amount of humidity you breathe in, and that may keep you from getting severely sick. High humidity supports the body's natural defense mechanisms that remove mucus and any harmful particles within it from the lungs. High humidity can also boost the immune system by producing special proteins called interferons that fight viruses. Low levels of humidity have been shown to impair both of these processes and may be a reason why people get sick in cold, dry weather. The researchers tested four masks, an N95, a surgical, a cotton polyester, and a heavy cotton one. All four increased the humidity of inhaled air to some degree, especially at low temperatures. The top performer was the heavy cotton mask. And these final notes on our way out... Those sounds were C, C-sharp, and D being played on an 18,000-year-old conch shell that was discovered in a cave in southwestern France. Archaeologists found the shell in 1931 and assumed it was a drinking cup, but a new team of researchers decided to give it a second look. The tip of the shell is broken, which was previously assumed to be by accident, despite the fact that the apex is the hardest part of a conch shell and unlikely to split off through wear and tear. Using a CT scan, they were able to determine that the holes were intentionally drilled in the shell and a mouthpiece added to use it as a horn. The conch lets us listen to the same sounds ancestors might have heard. Also, the shell is larger and thicker than current ones, indicating seas were much colder in their day. That's it for this week in water. We'll catch you next time.